What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. My name is Paige, and I'm the host of Reverie True Crime. Reverie means to daydream, but even daydreams can become nightmares. Come join me and get lost in horrific reverie about true crimes and eerie events. Reverie True Crime Podcast, available wherever you stream your favorite podcasts. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, y'all, and welcome to Kudzu Killers, Homicide, and Sweet Tea, where we like to share gothic tales of Southern-style murder. I'm Lark, and the other voice you hear is Kim. Each week, we take turns telling you the gruesome details of serial killers, spree killers, and just plain old mean people that we find interesting, and we hope you do too. Sometimes quirky and weird, but always respectful. So sit back, grab your glass of iced tea, relax, and let us take you step-by-step through our story. And feel free to shoot us a comment on a specific episode on our blog at kudzukillerspodcast.blogspot.com. Now, let's get on with the show. Welcome back to Kudzu Killers for another fantastic episode. Uh, this is number 10. So yay, yes, we got number, number 10. 10. Yay. We didn't think we'd get to number 5, but we made it to number 10. <laughs> Lark's here with an unforgettable tale about a girl and her fry daddy. Not her sugar daddy, but her fry daddy. Lark? Hey, Kim. Hey, you guys. Um, oh, my goodness. So today's story is exotic and southern we have an egyptian model and not one but two two count them two texas oil men okay so wow 
I know. Most of us can't find one of those. Girl, and I want you to keep in mind the color red, okay? There's a theme going to happen here. So let's jump in. To say that Omaima Ari is our Egyptian girl and Bill Nelson had a whirlwind romance is really an understatement because only weeks after they met over a game of pool in Huntington Beach, California, in a bar, which is a lot for her. You'll see why later. This stunning Egyptian immigrant and this really brash Texan drove to Phoenix and got married. Okay. okay. Yeah. Like, poof, wow. Now, it was easy to see why Bill, who was 56, was attracted to our beautiful Omaima, who is 23 years old. Oh, yeah. hmm Well, for one thing, everything stands up, so... <laughs> Well, her picture, she's beautiful. She's genuinely beautiful. And then in some pictures, she's very um, childlike. And I think that'll come into something a little bit later, too. So anyway, so Bill was the kind of guy who wanted only the best. And so there it was. She was a model. What guy doesn't want a model? He drove a red Corvette. He wore bright red cowboy boots. And he wore a great big gold belt buckle. As in, we all know the bigger the belt buckle. Well, you know. So he enjoyed showing off his wealth <laughs> wherever he went. His, his friends described him as larger than life. He wasn't without his faults, though, because our William a la Bill had worked as a pilot when he met Omaima in California in October 1991. But years before that, he had been convicted of smuggling marijuana. Uh-oh. And yeah, in fact, our Bill was already on parole for a 1984 drug smuggling charge and conviction in Texas at the time of his death. And he was still actually legally married to another woman when he got married to Omaima. That seems to be a repeating theme (laughs) in a lot of our shows. I know, big me and all kinds of stuff, right? So I don't know why they're still, okay, we'll just get married. So in 1990, Bill's wife, Catherine, she filed for divorce while he was serving his sentence in a in the big house. <laughs> he was serving in the federal prison in California. Uh, but the couple never actually terminated their marriage. So in addition to the drug smuggling, officials claim that William also used his job as a pilot to bring electronics into Mexico illegally. So he had a whole lot of, you know, he was an entrepreneur. Yeah, right? he, yeah he was an entrepreneur. He had all kinds of irons in the fire. Oh, yeah. girl, I'm here to tell you. <laughs> But when it comes to the shady past, I mean, Bill really had nothing on Omaima. She was born in a poor village in southern Egypt. So we got another southern girl near the border (laughs) of the Sudan. And according to her, her father was violently abusive, physically and sexually, Um, to um, her and her mother. I I feel really bad for her on a lot of... That's horrible. Oh, well, it gets worse, I hate to say. Perhaps... um, even worse things because when she was really young, the family, they were Muslim. Mm-hmm. And um, so she was subjected to a female circumcision. Oh, which, I was just talking about this to somebody the other day, how well, I felt like that was cruel. But anyway. Well, that's a whole nother story, a whole nother yeah. subject for a bit. Yeah, it's a horrible thing. It's basically, if you're not familiar with that, look it up. But it's technically yeah. genital mutilation. We where- won't get we won't get into that here. But 
Yeah, but this plays into her. This plays into her psyche in a in a major way. Okay, so it because of it, it can make sex very painful, and she. It's intended to. It's intended to make sure that women don't have enjoyment from the sex act. Well, exactly. So I believe you know exactly, and it was it was very painful and traumatic for her from then on. I mean, anything to even think about that, and you know, no way, don't touch me, get away from me. So eventually, Omaima's mom left the abusive husband, but now. They are completely in utter poverty. So the family moved to a a Cairo slum called the City of the Dead because the shacks were kind of built among the tombs there. And Mm. um, I mean, I've been to Egypt and it's just, it's like a throwback to time. It's not a place that's, it's the tourist side is one thing, but you know, you get lost where the real people live. It's awful. Anyway, so when she was 18... Omaima met an American oil worker. This is our first Texan. Now, this isn't William. This, is this just, isn't the same guy. This is a different guy. No, this okay. is the first Texan. And you know what? I okay. tried to find his name and I couldn't. I looked everywhere and he's like, no, I'm not having any connection with this chick. So, But this is how she got to the United States. So she marries this guy, this oil worker, and the two, st- I'm sorry, um, she meets him first and she starts to have a sexual relationship with him and her mom insists that they get married. So, uh, Oma, well, yeah, well, but Omaima sees that this is a way out of the crushing of <laughs> poverty, you know, so she's yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> so they got married. And when his job finished up in Egypt, because, you know, all jobs there, they flew back home to Texas. Okay. Well, predictably, the marriage didn't last. And, and now Omaima was in a strange country. She basically didn't speak English well. She didn't have any money. She drifted around, sometimes taking jobs as a housekeeper or a nanny, and sometimes getting modeling gigs. But occasionally, she engaged in petty theft, and she got more and more into... Uh, that really wasn't her gig, but... She kind of was doing whatever she could, right? Right. right. Her, her main source of support seems to have been a series of boyfriends. So okay. she would like get involved with the man and, and move in with him right away and spend his money really freely. And then when he'd confront her, when the man would confront her or she'd just get tired of him, she'd rob him and disappear. Rob him? Rob him. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so, so our, our, poor victimized girl turns to Robert. Well, I mean, I can kind of understand why she doesn't like men, but after what she went through, but well, yeah. yeah well, oh my God, it gets really deeper. Okay. <laughs> so yeah. I'll shut I mean, up. <laughs> I will. No, I, yeah. You want to have sympathy for everybody and you want to try and see why they did it. But at the same time, it's like, oh, wow. So one man that she kind of had a little fling with a uh, boyfriend, she didn't marry this guy, uh, was his name is Robert Hansen. And she had tied him to a chair and threatened him with a shotgun before she robbed him. And there was some other S&M stuff going on. But uh, the long and the short of it was he never filed any charges because at that time he was basically embarrassed, you know. And so she kind of well, played yeah. on that. She knew that to get away with that kind of stuff because, you know, who wants to be. Guys aren't going to help? turn that stuff in. I mean, that happens all the time, just like with women. Yeah. Men sometimes have are raped. They have terrible things like this happen to them. And they're just as embarrassed as women are. And they won't go report it. It's Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, you know, I mean, he's left tied up to the bed and all kinds of things. And he just, you know, went 
about his merry way until later. Just keep Robert in mind. We'll come back to Robert. After some time of drifting around uh, from man to man, basically, town to town, she ended up in Orange County, California. And that's where she met our Bill in 1991. And he was flashing around a big wad of cash and bragging on how much land he owned back in Texas. And, you know, um, and that was where he met her in the pool hall. And so... What he didn't tell our Omama was that he was still legally married to another woman. Right. But that didn't stop him from marrying her. So after their quickie wedding, remember they went off, uh, Bill took her on a road trip honeymoon. Oh, God. Back to Texas. That's, y'all, you know, this is a long ass drive from California to Texas. As, as someone who's done it from Memphis to California, yeah, I can tell you it's a long ass drive. It's, it's half the country. So it's like a minimum two to three drive, depending on where you're going. So, and then she's going to, she's going to Arkansas too, Kim. So, okay. So yeah, yeah. So Bill took her on this road trip back to Texas and Arkansas to meet his relatives. Right. And he claimed to own this large cattle ranch, blah, blah, blah. And you know, he seemed wealthy to her because he's got that flashy car, but he also and a had, plane, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And now we never really know if that's his plane or not. I'm not quite sure because remember he was dealing with Mexico and all that. Well, that's a detail. Who who bothers with the? Yeah, we don't need to detail details. details. <laughs> so, <laughs> anyway, he claims this big uh, cattle ranch, but and he seems quite wealthy. But when he gets there to meet, she gets there to meet the family. Right? Mm-hmm. Remember, she's 23 years old. Right. He has five children and 17 grandchildren. Oh, my. At 53? Did you say it was 53? Uh, no, he was 56. 56. 56. But even still. still. Yeah. 17 grandchildren. 17 grandchildren? Okay. Mm-hmm. His family gets busy. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so she didn't really care. I mean, she, did, she really didn't care about that. Um, she, was, she could see she wanted to be cared for and looking for the kind of security that an older man could provide. So right. needless to say, most of them were skeptical of this very young new wife. And, uh, you know, she's younger than most. Of the, she's younger than all of them. But Oh, really? Mm-hmm, but while they were riding horses at the family ranch at one point, uh, the horse she was riding uh, bucked her off through her and she just got up and asked for aspirin and vodka and so they were all impressed by how rough and tough she was and that kind (laughs) of sold her to the family but i don't know that 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 also forebodes the rest of the story (laughs) so so the couple hangs out with family for a little while and then uh, they have to go back home and they go back to california and costa mesa and they get an apartment Oh, very familiar with Costa Mesa. My husband used to live there. Well, I don't know. Is that a nice part of Coast, uh, California? I don't know. Yes. Is it? Okay. Okay. Yes. Well, then that, that only, that'll make County. sense. Okay. Okay. So so now they're back. Now, now remember, they're newly married. And they get back there. And uh, I'm sorry. They're yeah, relatively newly married. Set up house and this and that. Now, on Thanksgiving Day, Bill calls his daughter, Margaret, on the phone and he told her everything was going great, invited them to come join her for dinner. Of course, Margaret refused. They're off in, you know, <laughs> I was going to say they're off in BFE, <laughs> but that's hor- that's rude. <laughs> they're off in Texas. Okay. And uh, that was going to be the last conversation that she ever had with her dad Uh-oh. because three days later, early in the morning of December the 1st, Jose Esquivel was a 
wakened by a loud pounding on his door. And he looked outside and he saw a red Corvette parked outside. Well, he didn't recognize the car, so he didn't answer the door. Yeah. Just ignored it. Yeah. Yeah. The visitor went away. And then at 1 p.m., this is broad daylight, keep in mind, the visitor in the red vet returned. And this time, Jose answered. When he opened the door, he saw... Omaima, and he realized who she was because he had briefly dated her over a year ago. Oh, and she okay. she was crying. She had cuts on her face and her hands. And she tells him that her husband, our Bill, had attacked and raped her. So she killed him in self-defense. Of course she did. So she goes on to say that she cut up the body and she needed him to help her dispose of it. So she tells Jose that she'll give him $75,000 and two motorcycles if he will help her get rid of the body and help her remove Bill's teeth from his severed head. So they cannot identify him. Exactly. Dental records. Exactly. If they can find the head. She watched a lot of forensic files, I'm assuming. She may not can speak English well, but she can watch what's happening. She apparently knows how to work the system. So And a saw. Yeah. <laughs> well, so um, Jose was pretty alarmed at her shocking re- request, but he was cool. He just was cool. And he told her, hey, meet me at your apartment and, and uh, I'm, I'm going to arrange to get a truck and I'll be over there. Okay. So as soon as she left, he called the police. And Good for Jose. Thank yeah. you. So this is how this is how that happened. So the police found Omaima with Bill's Corvette. And next to her, I think what happened, honestly, is that he called so quickly that the police caught her beside the side of the road. She didn't even get home yet. She didn't get back home. Okay. No, because uh, when they pulled her over, she had in the passenger seat, she had some trash bags. And when the officer looked inside, he saw what looked like human organs, including lungs. Um, and they had big old black spots from cigarette smoking. Uh, Bill, Bill was known to smoke. So here's when it starts to get just um, crazy because she starts to scramble. So when she's questioned... Oh, Mama gave conflicting and confusing answers. She said the organs were from someone Bill had killed. And then she starts, yeah, then she starts claiming Bill was away on a business trip in Florida. So at that the only point, problem is you already went to Jose and told him you killed him and dismembered him and you needed help getting rid of the body. So, uh, well, she's, she's losing the plot here really quick because the police get a warrant to search the Nelson's apartment and inside were numerous boxes of computer parts. Now, remember, Bill he used to, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He used to smuggle and he used to, and then he was also selling the stuff out of his own home. And I, I don't know, he was just, he had a finger in every pipe. So among the boxes that they found also were suitcases. And inside the suitcases were trash bags. And inside the trash bags were... I don't human, know. Human remains, girl. No. <laughs> and then the police also found a broken lamp and a clothes iron with tissue and human hair on them. Oh. So as they searched further, they found even more grisly evidence in the bedroom. The the mattress was soaked with blood. The bedposts were all broken. And now, probably should have said this before, but this is kind of gory. In the bathroom, a skinned and gutted human torso was oh my word. suspended from clothes hangers above the tub because she was bleeding him out like a oh my word a like bean, a pig basically. But the worst really was in the kitchen, in, inside of a deep fryer. There were two human hands floating in oil. Oh yeah. Mixed in with the turkey meat because remember it's Thanksgiving. Oh, now no. in the trash they find pieces of a human hip mixed in with more turkey 
and cranberry sauce. A human, how did they, a human hip, like butt meat or um, bone or? Uh, well, oh. I, I'm not quite sure because, you know, she was, she was just, she was trying to dispose of all this stuff also too in, well, she was just trying to get rid of it left and right, but just one more minute. They go <laughs> and they look out into the freezer. And behind the bags of frozen peas, there is a large object wrapped in foil. So there we find our Bill's head. Oh, no. I know. And it was really badly burnt. But so she'd already fried his head? Well, you know what? It looked like it had been cooked in the deep fryer, and some people were reporting that it was done in the deep fryer. But I, I listened to the trials, believe it or not, and it was – she'd only boiled it. So, only. you know, for, for – <laughs> yeah, for because, because you know, thoughts of Thanksgiving and, you know, deep fried turkeys on the front porch and Home Depot and, you know, you can get all your equipment right there in one spot. They were running through my mind. <laughs> but then uh, – uh, this this report you know corrected me that she'd only boiled it. Uh, I, I don't know how long or whatnot. Meanwhile, back at the police station, our old mama kept changing her story, and she was pacing and rambling around and acting as though Bill were still alive. And at other times, she was claiming a voice like a demon had made her uh, dismember her yeah. husband. Oh, she gets more creative. Trust me. She <laughs> she repeated the claim that Bill had raped her and she'd only killed him in self-defense. But when she was forensically examined at a nearby hospital, they really found no evidence of sexual trauma. Mm-hmm. Um they also, of course not really. I mean, you know. No. That's a sad go-to, but there it is. They also stated that the cut marks on her face and hands and in breasts were not defensive wounds, but they were consistent with injuries sustained while cutting up a body. So, okay. um, meanwhile, the medical examiner pieced together what was left of our poor Bill Nelson. So besides being decapitated, dismembered, disemboweled he had also been what i don't want to know castrated of course <laughs> oh no 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 mm-hmm. cause of death was determined to be from multiple blunt force injuries to his skull um he actually had 25 wounds to be exact so she take took out all of her frustration on her daddy for all of that abuse on poor bill oh oh absolutely so you know uh he this was consistent with being hit in the head with the lamp and the iron that they found at the scene back with the hair and the blood all over it. So the medical examiner also found ligature marks around Bill's ankles. Since Bill's hands had been cut off, there was like no way to determine if his right. hands were tied or not. But <laughs> the broken bed post where she tied him up at the scene were pretty much indicative of that's what happened. So right. the medical examiner also noted that the body had been dismembered with unusual precision as if the killer had done this before. Uh-oh. Now we don't know for sure, but we know this wasn't her first rodeo, but perhaps more disturbing was the fact that nearly 100 pounds of poor Bill, his remains were still missing. So the neighborhood, this goes back to answer. 100 pounds. Okay. Yeah, 100 pounds. Of Even him. with all the guts and the butt and all that stuff they found, he's uh, still missing 100 pounds. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So the Nelson's neighbors told police that they kept hearing the garbage disposal running constantly for like two days, starting the evening of Thanksgiving. And he said that he kept hearing the motor grinding and grinding and grinding as though it was straining. And I think what actually happened is the, the garbage disposal finally just blew out, out. Went, went kaput. And she was like, oh, no, now what? You know? So on that note, there's some... <laughs> Yeah, I got to hear about the trial. Oh, my God. So let's take a break, and we'll be back in just a second. 
Hey guys, I'm Abby. And I'm Shauna, and we're the host of a podcast called Anxious and Afraid. Do you love deep dives into true crime? The paranormal? Strange history? Conspiracies? Well, so do we, and each week we take turns surprising each other with whatever anxiety-inducing subject we are obsessed with that week. Tune in each week to hear Shauna mispronounce words. Um, the guys on the lookout apparently asked for binoculars. Did I say that right? So the photos showed him and his colleague entertaining... <laughs> And listen in as Abby constantly asks too many questions. I was about to ask you a lot of questions. I'm glad that you interrupted me. Continue. (laughs) I would have told you to shut up. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to do. Stop quizzing me. Okay, you know, I did enough research. (laughs) Let me just tell the damn story. Jesus. Continue. Episodes drop every Tuesday. Available wherever you get your podcasts. And you can also find us at our website, anxiousandafraid.com. We're always looking for new friends, so don't forget to rate and subscribe. Each week, we're going to feature a cold case from defrostingcoldcases.com. This week, we're going to talk about Christy Lynn Booth, who disappeared from the Dimensions nightclub in Midland, Texas, when she was spending the evening with friends on February 2nd, 1980. According to police, Christy and one of her girlfriends accepted a ride from Ron Faringberg, and Faringberg told police that he did return to the club, but that he could not find the girls. Christy's 1977 maroon and white AMC Pacer was found abandoned approximately two miles south of HI-20 on South Highway 349, or Rankin Highway. The authorities have her down records on file, and they check with every new Jane Doe case, but there are no updates. They've sadly not ever found her body. If there's anyone with information on the case, please call Crime Stoppers at 1-800-252-TIPS. There's a reward in this case. So if you have any information about Ron Ferenberg, who is now deceased, and Christy, who disappeared when she was 19 years old, please call Crime Stoppers at 1-800-252-TIPS. Let's get back to Lark's tale about the girl and her deep fryer on Thanksgiving. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, okay. So now we're moving on to the court, etc. Our, uh, our girl is court-appointed a psychiatrist. His name is Dr. David J. Scheffner. Now, he examined Omaima following her arrest and diagnosed her as psychotic at the time. You think? Yeah. <laughs> She's just dismembered and fried her husband. Well, well, okay. Well, so so she diagnoses her as psychotic. At the time, she stabbed and beat her husband to death. And Dr. Shaver also stated that he had never seen a case so bizarre, so psychotic in his two decades as practicing psychiatrist. Oh, <laughs> oh gosh. Now, keep in mind, remember the red 
So the psychiatrist testifies that Omaima said she, quote, put on her red shoes, a red hat, red lipstick before chopping up and cooking her husband's body. She told him that she had cooked Bill's ribs in barbecue sauce and eating them, exclaiming, oh, it's so sweet. And nothing was sweeter than her husband's meat. Oh, my God. Oh, God, girl, all I can think of is the secrets in the sauce <laughs> from the movie Fried Green Tomatoes. Oh, oh, my God. And here it is, Texas and barbecue. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Okay, moving on. <laughs> so Dr. Scheffner said that she was also very childlike and she would begin to fantasize that she was descended from Egyptian uh, gods and deities and ancient Egyptians. And she claimed that ancient Egyptians spoke with her or acted through her. Despite any signs of rape, the defense used a forensic psychologist to claim that she was sexually abused by Bill. And because Omaima kept saying he demanded sex daily, all sorts of weird kinky twisted stuff, the psychologist, uh, psychiatrist testified that with the sex came name calling and de- degradation and he was angry that she wasn't doing it right and she became psychotic she like had a psychotic break and that's so easy to say when the victim course. is dead and can't defend themselves at all well exactly and, and, and so if the guy's her- tied to the bedposts when it happens you know he's kind of yeah so yeah. her defense omama's defense is that she did it because the egyptians basically helped her and told her to do it gotta love it well- <laughs> So apparently the same Egyptians told her to cut up his body because they believe, and this is from what I know from ancient history, they believe that if your body is scattered, that you will not go to the you afterlife. You can't come back, right. Yeah. Right. And and that's one of the main deals between Isis and Osiris was that when Osiris was killed, they spread his body to all over the different parts of the universe, supposedly, and then Isis put him all back together again, but she couldn't find his phallus. So um, she had carved her own special willy for him and made him whole again. That's the That's the legend. Yeah. So Miss Omama wanted to make sure that when she went to the afterlife, that Bill wasn't going to be there. There there wasn't going to be any putting a new willy on that fella exactly so she went down the garbage disposal exactly so or maybe somewhere else because remember he was missing 100 pounds Mm -hmm. (sighs) she said that after the slaying she just basically freaked out and fell into a trance-like state and spent 12 hours hacking up his body to simplify disposal so later she recanted those statements but i think it was probably a more of an oh crap now what i do moment i betcha i betcha yeah a freak out moment for sure. And <laughs> every lie, there's a little bit of truth, right? So, so later she recanted those statements and now swears she never committed cannibalism. And she also claimed that Bill had threatened her on a road trip. And if she wasn't compliant, he would bury her body in the desert. And so, you know, she, the, she just keeps getting laying on it thicker and thicker. So she eventually began giving up more details and saying, I just don't know how I killed him. I don't remember. All I remember was I get up and like I, I, I find him in the trash bag and I wish I knew how I killed him. Something told me to do it like (laughs) demons. Well, she Uh knew enough to know that somebody told her to do it. So why couldn't you remember why she did it now? Oh, well, so now she remembers. (laughs) 
<laughs> to answer your question, now she remembers to talk about visions of these two women that had that she kept having prior to the murder, that there was blood all over these women and that they walked in and said, he must die, he must die. And so, you know, this is supposedly in her head. And and as they kept digging into Omama's past, they, they found a pattern of her quickly moving in with sugar daddies and then ending their relationships and stealing valuables. But so far as I know... You know, none of them ever ended in murder until now, even though they thought sure did look professional. (laughs) Right, right. Like it had been done before. Uh huh. So here's a little bit more about her past. She had she'd been arrested for shoplifting in, in pharmacies and whatnot. And on occasion, one occasion, she was in like a local department store. And when she was confronted for shoplifting by two female security guards, the Orange County DA commented that she bit the breast almost oh, off of one security guard. Oh, my word. And then she went for the crotch of the other one and managed to get away before she was apprehended. So she was just a wild animal. Oh, jeez. And when she got, when she snapped, you know. Now, remember, this was in the span of like only four weeks, you know. He met her, got married, and all this happened. That was it. Really? Yeah. He, they weren't even married. They were married. They met, he they met were, her. They got married. They went to Texas and, and mm-hmm, Arkansas to mm-hmm, see the family. Mm-hmm. Went back down and he was dead all within four weeks. Four or five weeks-ish. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's fast because worker. Yeah, because in December of 1992, she stood trial for the murder. So it's been, a you know, like, I guess it's been a year later, right? Because mm-hmm. take that long. So she stood trial for the murder and dismemberment of our bill. But thanks to Robert Hansen. Remember Robert Hansen way back? Uh-huh, yeah. Uh-huh. His testimony, the prosecution was able to present a scenario that fit the evidence of being tied up, etc. So they claimed that Omaima had lured Bill into a consensual bonded session long enough to tie him into the bedpost. Mm-hmm. And then prosecutors speculate she demanded money or otherwise access to his wealth. And when he didn't comply, she basically beat him brutally with the lamp and the iron till she finally stabbed him with scissors. And then because they to- had Mr. Hansen to tell them this had happened before, right? Exactly. Exactly. So he should consider himself lucky because he didn't end up in the fry daddy. (laughs) Pretty much. Either that or they weren't on sale at the time. So... Omaima's defense was that she was suffering from PTSD, from a childhood filled with abuse, and that Bill I don't been... doubt that. I really don't doubt that. Well, I don't either. I don't either. But, but you know. But you got to draw a line somewhere. I mean, everybody, not everybody, but a lot of people get abused in their lifetime and they don't turn around and kill people and eat them. So, Well, by all accounts, it doesn't sound like he was mean to her. It doesn't sound like he hurt her at all. She accused him of all this weird stuff, but it sounds like he just wanted to, you know, show her off and be sweet to her. I mean, he wasn't, I couldn't find anywhere that he had hurt her or, you know, there was no domestic violence reports or calling the police or anything like that, you know? Right. And uh, chances are, I'm just speculating that if, if he was an abusive man like that, that he wouldn't have let her tie him up. Right. That was probably just a kink that they, scenario they decided to do. And she had other things in mind. Right. But if he was a super dominant and abusive man, chances right. are, he wouldn't, he have, wouldn't have let her do that no, at all. No, I don't think so. Yeah. Right. So that just doesn't, it doesn't make sense. And so, you know, pretty much they figured that all out. And they said that she was suffering from PTSD, childhood abuse, 
and Bill had been sexually and physically abusive through their four-week marriage. And that she claimed, this is what she's claiming, okay? Mm-hmm. She claimed that before his murder, he tied her up and held her captive for days and raped her repeatedly and did all kinds of awful things otherwise sexually. And she testified that she'd gotten one arm loose from the restraints and hit him over the head. And then she stabbed him with the scissors in order to save her life. And then she claims to have no memory of dismembering him. Of course not. So in January of 1993, the jury deliberated for six days before acquitting her on first degree murder. However, she was found guilty of second degree murder as well as for assault on our Robert Hansen. Oh, okay. So they got her on both of those. Yeah. So she was sentenced to 28 years to life and she is currently serving her sentence in the Central California Women's Facility in Chowchilla. Okay. But wait, there's more. I had a feeling. Uh While she's in prison, she began a long-distance relationship with a disabled man in his 70s. And they married because she's a widow now. Well, yeah. And actually, technically, she was never really married to Robert because he was married to another woman. Okay. Anyway, so they married and they were allowed like a lot of conjugal visits. And they'd be like three days at a time before the poor man passed away. And he left her apparently a fortune. Oh, my. So she first came up for parole in 2006, but was denied because she was found to be unpredictable and a serious threat to public safety. You think? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And then she came up again in 2011, but was again denied because said she hadn't taken responsibility for the murder. Right. So she'll be eligible for parole again in 2026 so and at that point i think she'll be like i I can't remember if she'll be 58 or 55 or something like that but she won't be that old no i know old enough to go out and find another guy to marry absolutely oh absolutely yeah and like i said she's still she's pretty she's a pretty woman happy thanksgiving (laughs) pass the cranberry sauce girl (laughs) so i mean it always fascinates me kim to 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 see how killers resort to kitchen to to dispose of a body and it seems to be pretty common you know? I know, I know. I mean, I don't know. Would you use? A I don't kitchen? know if I. I don't know if I've seen anybody that deep fried hands and then ate them or not. But would I? Well, that's a hypothetical. I would never kill anybody. <laughs> well, no, we had that conversation the other day. Remember? <laughs> but I use my kitchen? No, I wouldn't be using my kitchen because. They're going to come in and spray stuff all over your kitchen and find out the blood spatter. It doesn't matter if you paint over that stuff. They can still see it with the luminol. You, know, but, you can you can bleach all you want to and they can still find that you bleached everywhere so they know you did something you shouldn't have. So now well, I wouldn't use my house. But so so many people turn to their kitchen and, you know, I they don't put them it. in. I don't either because it's like, um, what are your intentions there? <laughs> you know? All I got to do is take that disposal out because I got news for her. The tissue and stuff doesn't always go completely out from beneath the little washers and things like that in your garbage disposal. Well, you know, if they were thinking logically, she wouldn't have tied him up and beat him to death with an iron either. So, Uh, yeah, true. (laughs) So that's all I got. Okay. I don't know if I got any more today. That's all I got. Interesting. (laughs) Interesting. Okay. Well. Wow. Okay. (laughs) Thanks for bringing that to our attention. And it's kind of scary. She's still around. I think they should maybe tattoo something on her forehead that says, I get married and I eat my husband's or something so that they can warn the poor guys before they... 
Well, you know, maybe maybe she won't do anything horrible to anybody in the future maybe. because this this maybe. guy left her a lot of money. So maybe right. she just has what she wants and she doesn't have to, you know, be a menace to society anymore. I but, hope so. Um, I hope so. I feel sorry for her, really, because, well, you know, too. that was a horrible way to grow up. Well, it was. And I can just only imagine, you know, how it really did mess her up. And but no girl. amount, sadly, no amount of kindness can wash that away no even though i feel like he was probably a good guy that was Mm -hmm. whatever i mean not a good guy he was a sort of sort of a criminal (laughs) yeah more or less but i mean he seemed to be good to her you know he didn't be he was treated her fairly despite what she tries to claim now right 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 so you know he was he was doing his thing but hey i hope you guys enjoyed it today thank you for being here thanks for listening for yeah. two, our 10th episode. Yay! Woo-hoo! <laughs> okay, we'll see y'all for our 11th, the magic number 11th. Okay. All right, bye-bye. Bye, y'all. y'all. That's our episode for this week. Thanks for listening to us, and we hope you join us again every Tuesday for an exciting new episode. Head on over to our blog at kudzukillerspodcast.blogspot.com and leave a comment or your ideas about the subject this week. Or follow us on Twitter at Pod, and you can shout out to us anytime or send a question for our next Q&A. Yes, ma'am. And we'd love you forever if you leave us a review on whatever podcast blows you scared of. We'd love to hear what you think of our new show. If you'd like to become a part of the Kudzu Killers family, hop on over to patreon.com slash podcast and take a look at the goodies you get when you show us some love. That's right. And if you love our music, check out Jody Jennings Music on Facebook, SoundCloud, or all social media and streaming music platforms. So until next week, or if we decide to shoot out a mini episode. Bye y'all. Bye y'all. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.